0: Michigan HockeyCast 5.10, where we'll have one great segment and one very plaza Do you think that you're the biggest lions fan in the Michigan media
1: the Michigan media
0: like people who cover Michigan I mean maybe Michigan state I don't know in in like the like there's a there's a subset of like media that is all the same people that on Twitter and that write columns of different blogs and different places that all like congregate for Michigan. Michigan State basketball or, or football or, you know, maybe even there's a few of us that do hockey and all of that. But then if you follow those people on the Internet, they also have, like, Lions takes and not just takes, but, like, they get into games and you see them tweet and, you know, all that stuff. I So think... would, you, would you be at the upper echelon of that group?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the guys at, like, On3 or Rivals or, like, some of those sites – seem to be. Sam Webb, I think he is. Oh, Lions he's a massive Lions fan. Line yeah, fan. Yeah, like, Isaiah be, yeah,
0: is a big Lions fan. He, be, I th- he those... seems to me to be like, Steve Lorenz, I think is, is yeah, a Lions would, fan. Yeah, they would
1: be up there, I think, with me, probably. But
0: you, you feel confident in that you're pushing the upper echelon well, of all fandom?
1: the years I spent as a uh, youth, a, a person youth? in a season ticket-holding family ah. from the years of 2002 to 2007. So,
0: alright, uh, 2002, you were three. Yeah, so I don't. Know.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't have a ton of recollection from those games. Okay, but like the, the ones I do remember like really well, like oh five, oh six, oh seven. Sure, because um, I went to a number of games, but like I remember the. I Think it was oh five was the Thanksgiving game against Michael Vick and the Falcons, and then I think the next year was Saban and the Dolphins with Joey <laughs> with Joey <laughs> they Harrington. Played Saban, yeah, with Joey Harrington as the quarterback, <laughs> oh. and he torched the Lions. Um uh, there was a couple with Favre in there I went to. So yeah, I mean
0: All right. So you but you also like watch every Lions game.
1: Uh yeah, for the most part.
0: Like pretty religiously.
1: I mean, well that's, that's the great thing
0: about it. And not just that you do, but you have.
1: That's the great thing about the NFL is that it takes very, very little effort to be a fan. It three <laughs> hours for now seventeen
0: games days a year well you can even watch the whole league in the course of like what maybe like 15 20 hours over a week
1: my my theory in some ways is about uh that that's you know what the common thread between soccer and football is they both ask very little of their fans it's kind of true you don't have that many games to watch
0: and soccer well i don't think that's true of soccer you have a lot to watch for soccer
1: yeah but it's still for you know in in league play once a
0: right. week in the Premier League
1: and then you might have right. the, the Champions League matches sure, in the sure, week sure, sure. But, it's but it's
0: always like once a week right. and everyone plays within a two or three right. day period yeah
1: so i th- and i think that works because a lot of fans are not like
0: right cuz like if you're going to follow diehard although you know in baseball your team literally plays every day and well, that's the every other, other team plays every other that's the day. great
1: flip side of baseball that it's on every day and yeah. you don't have to watch them all But if you have nothing to do, then it's great. It's a soap opera. You watch... Well, and baseball is also the best reading sport of all time. (laughs) Of course, you can read. Cooking sport or whatever. Cooking sport is good. You can put it on the TV and then be doing other things. Cleaning sport.
0: Baseball is the best radio sport.
1: It is the best radio sport.
0: So, all right, we've drifted off of the intended opening. You, You had started by saying... In prep, that you had a, a a Lions. So I was on the take.
1: phone with my uncle last night. All right, who is a fifty-seven year Lions fan. Uh,
0: so he, okay, so he's been a fan for fifty-seven years. Correct. Okay.
1: And in that time, he's seen one playoff victory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As one does.
1: Uh, but I told him this was an exchange last night that I had. All right. I told him, and this I had told several people that this this weekend. I said. Right now, in this current day, is the most optimistic or hopeful that I have been about the Lions in eleven years.
0: Eleven years would be two thousand eleven. So you don't mean for this year. I just mean, you the mean state of the for the for the franchise. franchise. Just in general. Okay.
1: And his response was I hope MGO blog is drug testing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Does he listen to this show? <laughs> no. Oh, your uncle doesn't listen to the show.
1: Uh, not that I know of. But anyway,
0: we should try to get him to.
1: So that was. Uh, that was. I that mean, was pretty humorous.
0: I think that. I mean, they've they've been good this year. Not like, gonna win a playoff game. Good, but they've certainly been better than the last few years. Right. I mean, who knows where anything goes because things seem to change, year to year. But. There's definitely a lot to be uh, cautiously optimistic about.
1: Well, I think the stat is. Let me pull this up. Their numbers now in, for the like DVOA metrics are actually like pretty decent. Uh, they're like middle of the league, and over the past five or six weeks, they're now like borderline top ten in offense, defense. Over the past, you know, five games in DVOA, so, yeah. It's not really that they're... Here we go. Lions DVOA since week nine. Sixth overall, 10th on offense, 6th on defense. So I mean, that's a stretch of, of a chunk of games where you're playing well pretty consistently. It's like
0: a third of the season or a yeah. quarter of the season. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, look, in that stretch, they played Jacksonville, who was playing better.
0: Uh I I mean better, yes. Than, right, not than, not great, but then playing co- better. Total butt for a while.
1: Giants are probably going fading to hard the playoffs despite
0: I mean, being but the Giants. Their win work was done early though.
1: Right, but they'll still probably be in the playoffs. Maybe they will be passed by the Commanders, but we'll see. Um one of those two teams has got to make it, most likely, unless it's the Lions.
0: So, so all right, Lions aside, is it not an interesting storyline that the entire NFC East could make the playoffs?
1: I think it's an interesting storyline that we need to put more time in overtimes. This is something I was thinking about on Sunday in Why? the NFL. Or either that or go to college over. The, what I had to watch on Sunday when the, <laughs> the Giants— Wait, you
0: watched the—, the Well, you watched after Washington the, Lions the game
1: gym. ended, they gave us the bonus coverage— of,
0: you do know that Red Zone exists, right? And right. And you but, do know that you have it as a channel, right?
1: Right. But Red Zone, I, I watch sometimes. But okay. if I have a game I'm interested in, and uh, yeah, that it's game fair. was at the end, and I was watching it anyway. The Giants had fourth and two uh, on, like, the 40-yard line of the Commanders with, like, one, one or two minutes to go in overtime. And they punted. Because... They played for a tie. Well, it, And I... I have seen this happen over the—how many more ties are there than there used to be? Like, people talk about the NFL— There's,
2: like, three
0: or four ties this year.
2: The
1: playoffs, right? Yeah. People talk about the playoffs. playoffs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the playoff overtime problem. And it's like, oh, it's, it's the games end too quick. Both teams need to have the ball. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem of the playoffs. In the regular season, the problem is they don't even score. I watch these overtimes, <laughs> and how many ties are there where the teams don't even score? And they're playing for a tie. Like, <sighs> that is just wrong. And either go to yeah. college overtime or give them no. more time or college. do something to.
0: College overtime is. This is
1: just way too many ties. I mean, you, you might, might as, as well just have, right like, now. a field goal. Like when I was a contest. kid, there were never ties. Like, they happened, like, That's one time. That's not true. There
0: was, well, yeah, remember when, uh, I think the Eagles, the Eagles tied. The Bengals. The Bengals. Yeah, yeah, and Donovan like McNabb a, did not know was, he could tie. And
1: that was, like, a huge deal. <laughs> and now there's, like, three or four a year. Like, that is a problem. We need to solve this problem. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, they play four. They almost played five quarters of football.
1: Right, then that go to the two point derby. Something Ugh. you cannot have these games end in ties. That's my new belief.
0: So, are you, are you, are you a fan of the shootouts in, in, in hockey?
1: Uh, in the NHL, <sighs> the shootout is. I think you can make the case that they should play just a little more three on three. Rather like in the shootout, eight but. minutes. That's a, that's a or do three on three for five minutes, then do two on two, and then do <laughs> one on one and see who wins. <laughs> one on one.
0: <laughs> one on one. <laughs> <laughs> Just play goalies <laughs> with the puck at center ice, and the goalies have to start in the crease.
1: Yeah, you put no, you put the goal, the puck down in the middle of the ice, and it's just a race to see who <laughs> the like, to skating. Like goalie.
0: the uh, the XFL coin flip from when you from when you were like one, <laughs> where they just <laughs> run at each other and get a concussion and break each other's necks. Yeah. So, all right, we've uh, gone way away from where we originally started. You had a lion's take that was funny, and your uncle made a good joke. Um, lions related is uh, Michigan's Jim Brandstatter was the, longtime, the Lions. long-time Lions.
1: Until they just randomly fired him for no apparent reason. When did that happen? 2014 or 15, maybe?
0: Was he also the, the Michigan? Yes. Okay, so he was doing both?
1: He was doing both. And then they were just like, well, we're done with you.
0: When did they import him or deport him to Wisconsin?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, this guy comes around every year. We talk right. about the two so, friends that are in person. So
0: I year. I wrote it down as our tour of old friends because every year, now that we, this is, what, our third year doing the hockey cast and and you and I have a tendency to watch at least one game a weekend together, sometimes more. And whenever we get road games, we have to view them on whatever local station there is. And so it's always sort of the same crew that you just kind of tour around, like... You know, whatever, whenever they ha- there's a non-conference series up in the UP or in northern Minnesota or whatever, we get, like, the best ads ever about snow removal and lumber yards and Duluth tractors and all that stuff. And then there's the infamous PSU avalanche of goals guy that actually we didn't really get this year, I don't think. Because we already went to Penn State, and I don't remember him.
1: I think we got in the second night. I think the first night was on BTN. Oh, regular, that's right. And then the second night we didn't want we didn't listen. Okay. Because it was on at the same time as the football as game.
0: football. Oh wow. Oh, we missed our friend. But now this weekend we got Wisconsin Jim Branstadter back, who is the analyst, I think, not the play by play guy, doing the games this weekend. And uh he just sounds like Jim Branstadter. <laughs> and then they then they showed a picture of them in the booth. And he looks like Jim Brandstatter. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Are there two of I them? I think it's
1: hard to have that voice. Is cloning a thing? I think it's hard to have that voice and not sound like, <laughs> like and not look like that, right? Like, well, what
0: if you look like that? Do you have to sound like that? I mean, like there
1: that? is the case of people whose voices just don't match their bodies. Like Donovan Edwards, for example. <laughs> not that it doesn't. It's more like a 19-year-old college football player, and it's like,
0: <laughs> What? Diamond Edwards was vo- like the deepest the man deepest voice. voice. Ever heard. I it's run for deep- touchdowns <laughs> against Ohio State, and then you look at him and you're like, "Whoa!"
1: <laughs> so.
0: Is that Barry White?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, it's I don't know. I, uh, he was fine. He's 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 a commentator. I don't know. I guess my hope for most of these guys is just like. You're just not awful. I ha- I have zero expectations anymore. Like, we'll get into a couple of the penalties that were, yeah, I don't know, borderline to say, to be politically correct or diplomatically correct. And nobody calls that stuff out. Like, I, I think I couldn't... I mean, maybe it's, like, part of the job, and you ha- it's in your contract, and, you know, they cut off your fingers if you actually tell the truth or something. But, like, if I'm watching this game, and... Like the penalty that Druskinis takes for high sticking, but his stick never leaves the ice. And I'm and I'm like commenting on the game, I'm gonna be like, Well, that was a high sticking call, but he actually never hit him with his stick. But nobody says that. Like, how is that that's literally your job is to comment on what's going on in the game. And, like, you see that in – like, you see NFL guys, right? Like, you watch enough football, and they don't sit there and be like, these refs are terrible, like you or I are sitting on the couch might do. But they'll at least say something like, well, you know, I didn't I actually didn't see a stick hit him there. Or, well, that was a bit of a softer call. Or, I mean, there's there's ways to say that, right? Like, you, you can tell the truth without being a total dill hole, right?
1: That's – yeah, I mean, I think that – I think part of the thing is, at least for me, when I watch these games, I'm just hoping that the camera is on the play and <laughs> gives us an angle for it. So my We're expectations are just our expectations through our, the floor. Our expectations are extremely low. I mean, it's you know these guys—they're partisan Wisconsin broadcasters, and you always have to have a slant. And these guys' slant is.
0: We're going to lie to you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I'm again, I'm not saying it has to be overt. It just, you You look at the play and you're like, uh, he must have gotten that call wrong. They must, they must have, he must have meant that it was interference or something. I mean, like you could say that and people would be like, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. But I... to just
0: not say anything means, it feels like you're in on it. I don't know. Whatever.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's
0: Okay. It doesn't really matter. Good try, Jim Brandstetter of Wisconsin. We You made us laugh for a few minutes anyway. Okay. So we're going to get into the games. We're going to talk about the games in the first segment, um, partially because I saw nil of the second game as I was doing something else, and you saw some of when you were not busy watching the Tulane Green Wave. And Or LSU Georgia. Or LSU Georgia. And... Uh, Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. So, game one was Friday night. We watched this. It was actually both these games are on TV, right?
1: Yep, they're and yeah. they always are.
0: Oh, because of the Wisconsin. Because
1: Valley Sports Wisconsin gets and imported to Valley Sports Detroit. Which
0: is nice. It would that-
1: be nice if Valley Sports Detroit would cover the Michigan games.
0: I feel like I shouldn't say anything because I have to be biased towards the Michigan people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, it would be really nice. It would be a lot it would be nice if all the Michigan hockey games were on television, but that's apparently too long of a wish list. So, um so Michigan starts in Wisconsin on Friday. Portillo's in net, we have no more he played pretty well last weekend. We have no more of the Noah West nonsense that we had of sending a shot across his bow.
1: It was a uh, suitor night on Friday night at Wisconsin. If oh. I recall they were honoring, I think it was both Gary and Ryan, but it might've been just Gary.
0: Hmm. Uh, okay. Um. So I thought for the most part, Michigan started well. Uh, OMRs aside, they gave up, I don't know how many, three or four two on ones in the first period. But they also got out to a lead, and um, it's one of the guys that we've been talking about lately. Uh, Rutger McGority scores on a nice one-time pass from TJ Hughes. I believe he was below the goal line, sort of like the pass to, uh, I think, that Brindley hit LaPointe on in the Harvard series to tie the game, or, yeah, uh, on the first game. Just a pass from sort of behind the net. McGority's out in front and just has a very nice shot and scores. Um, it's one nothing, and then pretty soon after that, uh, TJ Hughes uh, finds Rutger, who passes over to Luke Hughes on the other side. So they go right back to the left and then back all the way to the right, and Luke Hughes scores to make it 2 nothing. And hey, Luke Hughes finally scored a goal for first time in quite a while. And it's 2 nothing. and Michigan's off to like a really nice start. And you're thinking, okay, this is what we need because this has to be a six-point weekend. Michigan has farted around a little bit against other Big Ten teams while Minnesota has decided um, we're just going to crush everybody and is starting to pull away from the league. And, you know, Penn State has looked good and Michigan State has looked better and Ohio State has had their points and Notre Dame has done all right. And now you're playing the team that everyone is whipping. So yep. nothing against Wisconsin, but we also need to whip you because we have to keep pace to give ourselves a chance to even just finish in the top three or four, let alone, you know, attempting to win the conference. So 2-0, pretty good start.
1: Yep, and the puck movement was very good. Um, the shot, especially from Rutger on the first goal, was a beautiful shot, top corner, and then uh, the, the movement across to Hughes. That shot wasn't quite as good, but it was still pretty good. I mean, it, they were up, uh, I think, 8-4 in shots after that second goal, so they were in a pretty nice position. It just kind of felt... Like what we were expecting, basically.
0: Yeah, it's what they needed, and it was like I like... wasn't
1: sitting there going like Yeah," but I was. Do you, do you
0: ever not, do that?
1: Not really, mm-hmm. but I was just sitting there staring blankly at the screen because that was <laughs> that's your normal look. <laughs> well, no, it's just when a game is going to expectations, then it's just like, oh.
0: okay, okay, yeah. So you're you're sure. just like, oh, we're doing what we should be doing, basically. Yeah, and it, and then. Michigan gives up another two-on-one. I didn't I, I didn't write about this game for other, other reasons, but I did kind of start counting OMRs, and they had to have given up four or five of them at least, and they were all, like, two-on-ones. Because you go into talking about how a three-on-two, even, like, a four-on-three, like, those don't necessarily have to be dangerous if you play them right. Two-on-ones, a lot more dangerous. I mean, you can still play it down, but... It's a lot, but any little mistake gets magnified.
1: Yeah, you had the puck down the boards, and uh, Ruck, or Casey cycles down, and Rucker replaces at the point, and then the the breakout comes, and you know Rucker at the right point is not a defenseman, right. and he's playing defense in that situation. And rather than skating backwards to keep the play in front of him, he tries just a pretty pathetic pinch attempt just yeah. sort of waves a stick like a lightsaber and then the guy <laughs> just goes right by him did it
0: change colors <laughs>
1: and it turns into a two-on-one yeah and uh you know come on down and the defenseman there does the right thing i mean it was edwards and takes the pass away trust your goalie but
0: but it was a good shot like
1: good shot. So this And that's you know, that's Charlie Strammel, and he's probably the most talented player on the team. He's you know, he's probably a year away from what uh he should be. I think next year, um, he'll probably be a dynamo um, Okay. in the in the league. I mean, it seems like he's kind of in the Holloway mold where you know, he's playing the, the year before the draft and is just not quite there yet, but he'll still be picked really highly and then lift off is the next year. But yeah. In terms of raw tools, you know, he's he's number one on their team.
0: But he shoots far side and tucks it inside the post. Yep. And that's kind of a shot that you I mean you don't want to give up a goal, but you can't give him one up near side and you don't want to give one up through yourself. So you take all that away and if the guy can hit the far post and beat your glove then you tip your hat. Pretty much. Especially on a two on one. Yeah. So it's 2-1. And then we get into sort of the controversy where you get the Druskinis major who hits a guy who puts his head down. You were there. Brian was there. Craig and I were all kind of like deliberating over, you know, is this a major? And I was just expecting it to be one because it just seems like they always are. And no one really knows. And, you know, I think Brian said something, and then you said something, and there are different points, and that can't be because of this or that. And then, I mean, how surprised are we now that just, like, these calls are just – that they're just majors?
1: Yeah, it's – generally speaking, if there's going to be a major review, think about what is the most stupid outcome in this situation, <laughs> and that's the one they'll probably go with, right?
0: It does feel like that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no real logic or rhyme or reason to it. It's just kind of – uh throwing darts
0: so Drew gets one and within I don't know
1: I mean I think the thing with the Drew and I tweeted this at the time but like you know if you believe that is a five minute major what you are basically arguing for is a contact free sport which is a thing you can argue for if that's what you're interested in but like it's just really hard to square like oh that is a hanging offense Unless yeah. you are on the pathway of like, oh, it's all bad.
0: Except that probably most of these people enjoy the NHL, where there's a lot more contact, there's a much, a lot fewer penalties, and it's not just the total roll of the dice all the time. So I just don't get it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I we I have my conspiratorial theories about like how they, the NCA doesn't necessarily want the best teams in college hockey to be better than the other teams. And so they want it to be an even playing field and they want teams like Yale and union to win national titles, which is why they make the rules that they do and enforce stuff on teams like Michigan or whoever that's going to have more talent. Um, You know, that may or may not be true, but it does feel like that sometimes. And it does feel like Michigan gets themselves into these situations. And then you get these hits that then are argued, well, it's for the safety of the players. And you're like, okay, I could believe that if you also enforce it other times, but that doesn't always happen either. So like you said, expect the goofiest outcome, and you'll probably be right.
1: I mean, it's kind of like targeting once was. I think they've gotten better on targeting in college football, but there was a time there where I was like, honestly, everything is a 50-50 coin flip.
0: Yeah. So within... I think a minute. It was very quickly that a shot gets taken from the point and it doesn't get through. It hits something and just kind of flutters about in the slot. And Brock Caulfield comes across from the other side, scoops it up, and changes his angle and shoots it into an open net. Because Eric Portillo saw the shot coming, went down to stop it. The puck didn't get there. It was picked up, and he didn't he couldn't get well, up. There was also and, a screen, right? A pretty hefty. But he was at but that. but he was down. Yes. So he wasn't going to be able to just pop up and move with the shooter. Had he not committed because he didn't see the shot, he could probably move to the side when Caulfield changes angle. He couldn't because he committed to the shot because that's what you do. Well, you it's, anticipate it's, that, I, but,
1: watching it, it, you'd think it was more of a puck tracking issue because he goes down, but he doesn't like really move at all. Right? Even if you go down, you can still try to like, remember the screen's yeah. there, he just has, he's just sitting there and he has no idea where it is because he can't find it.
0: Yeah. And so skates across, changes the angle, open net. It's two to two. So Michigan's really nice start in the first 10 plus minutes turns into nothing and it's two, two. And you're like, okay, well, Michigan or Wisconsin has scored six B- big 10 goals this year in six games. This is their seventh game and they've already scored two in this first period. It's not going super well. Um, in the second period, Mission gets a power play, doesn't really do a whole lot. And then, like, the darts start firing in because someone takes a shot from the point for Wisconsin, and it goes in. And there's about, I don't know, a committee meeting going on between the shooter and the net. And, I mean, there was talk in the room that, oh, Portillo needs to see that, or that's on him. I don't know. There was a lot of guys. I, I We didn't get a great review... Replay, I should say. But to me, it was like, I don't know that he can even see this puck.
1: Well, it's... I'm watching it again right now, and the thing about that play is like, either it hits something or Portillo just has really no idea at all because he's coming out and to the right side of the crease. Yeah. And then the shot lands top corner left side. Right? I mean, it's like,
0: so that tells you he didn't the, see it.
1: the complete opposite place where when he was to coming be. out, did he react? But you can see that. But what happens when you sometimes see that, where the guy is one place and it goes in the other, is a deflection, right? Because it can yeah. often be that he's in the right position and it hits something, goes the other way. Sure. So it's it's either a deflection or he didn't see. There's a lot of traffic. I mean, it's it's a weird looking goal. And, yeah. uh If we had more than you know
0: one, one camera
1: angle, then I think we might have been able to uncover the mystery. I mean, we did even see another one, and it was kind of still hard to see from the what seemed like a proper angle. I mean, I, yeah, well, I, it, I don't...
0: Late in the period, then, Wisconsin basically scores on the same play, where a shot from the point comes through, gets through a handful of folks, both Wisconsin and Michigan players, and just gets right under the bar. And Portillo looked like he didn't see that. He looked very frustrated, but... I don't think he saw that one either and I mean I could he track it better could he find it I suppose I just have trouble point putting those on goalies when there's just a massive humanity in front because the other thing is you know I was talking to somebody else about it and they're like well if there's so many people in front and and they're the defensemen, why aren't they blocking the shot and like well that's a point like now if there are if I mean, you know, if there, there there's if there's Michigan players that are between Portillo and the shooter, part of your job is to block a shot.
1: Yeah, the second one looks it does look like it hits something. It it also just looks like the epitome of the seeing eye shot to some yeah. degree, too. I mean there's it, it I don't know. It's it felt kinda like we talked about their their issues. Uh, scoring goals and it kind of felt like well this is the natural reversion to the mean going on (laughs) right like
0: well and then later on basically the goal that ends it is a a deflection and this was a really good deflection where a guy reaches back there's a shot that Portillo's tracking he gets down to it guy reaches his stick back and it just tips up and goes up into the top of the net and that's I mean those things can go any which way but on Friday night, all those shots were going in for Wisconsin. And the truth is is like they hadn't scored really any goals in the Big Ten. They had trouble scoring goals in general. And you know, I think that you know, Michigan didn't play well in this game. Like we didn't go through all the different specifics, but I thought that they played they had different levels of effort. They took a lot of penalties they were very sloppy in passing, sometimes in their own zone. I mean, it was the same sort of recurring issues that Michigan would come across where, you know, they just would be very inconsistent. And Wisconsin had the night where everything went in. And when that happens and you don't completely outplay the other team, you, you usually don't win those games.
1: No, it was not their best effort. And, I mean, it, that fifth goal that goes in is a Lucius deflection in front. I mean, it was all just shots from the point with yeah. tips. Some of them seemed lucky. Some of them seemed not. I, it, it was not what you wanted to see, but there were so many factors. There was right. the five-minute major. There were, again, all these.
0: Well, and then Duke gets hit from behind into the boards, and I guess he doesn't get up right away. So then they call embellishment. And, I mean, the, then there was the one we call we talked about earlier where Drew goes to the box for a high stick, but if you watch the replay, a stick never leaves the ice. So I don't know what this is. I mean, it, uh, we can't, you know, you say this all the time, like we talked about the refs last week or we talked about them two, two weeks ago or whatever. We can't talk about it all the time. But at some point, like this isn't even a game anymore. Like this is just a, a big dice roll. And not even just on like will the will the deflections go in, but it's will you get remotely competent reffing. And I, it's and it wasn't even consistent to the point of where it's like, all right, they're calling everything tonight. Because a couple of times they literally made up calls.
1: I mean the embellishment one is kind of mind boggling.
0: Um more than even the Druskinis, like Stick that doesn't leave the ice. I, it's just like what I don't even. I mean, you could at least call say, "Well, I think I actually meant to call interference there, but I said the wrong thing and I gave the wrong motion."
1: I I think that embellishment is often pretty hard to call in real time, <laughs> Cause right? You're, because cause you're
0: you're trying to predict motive,
1: right? And then on replay, like I mean, you, you see it happen with um the the Ayabiochi
0: uh one in oh, the Big the, Ten Championship the, yeah.
1: game where he gets touched and he's like whoa and <laughs> throws his hands in the air. Like Yeah. Well but know, that's
0: exaggerated. Like right. there's nothing To me
1: that's what embellishment yes. is. Yes. And um You know the when you the hit from behind and then he went down harder than he was supposed to. I mean it's just no, that's not where you should be hunting for it. No.
0: So uh, we should mention that Fantilli also scored on a, a goofy play as well where he shot basically along the goal line and beat the goalie to the post. And so it, it deflects off the goalie and goes into the post and or inside the post, I should say. So, you know, Michigan get, got one back. They got it to 4-3. This was before the deflection goal, which made it 5-3. And, I don't know, they get an empty netter. They get an empty so it was 6-3. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I think I'm going to quote Forrest Gump and say that's all I have to say about that. Pretty much. Uh, game two, uh, you can do more of the coloring in here. I took some basic notes. Um, I was following along on Twitter, and not an, another not great start for Michigan. They gave up the first goal in the, in the first period. Uh, Jack Horbach's third of the year Kuhlman's with another point and assist I mean he actually played pretty well against Michigan he was the one guy who we said this is one of their drafted fellows who um, could make a difference and he contributed on the first Wisconsin goal on Saturday night
1: this was the teddy bear toss game
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't think Michigan's doing one of those this year
1: did they do them in the past?
0: oh yeah they used to do Uh, them
1: uh, no the first goal was just kind of the same old story Um, It was another just shot from the point um, through five people. Um, (laughs) Great. And, you know, I don't know exactly what to say about that in general just because it can be true that maybe the goalie needs to stop one of those. But, you know, it's so much of just the same – Thing that it's it's a lot of it. I think is luck to some. How degree. do
0: you practice stopping those?
1: Well, you can stop deflections. Like no, 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 no. I'm
0: talking about it. seeing eye shots. I don't know I'm that there's a, a way to expert. do. This. Uh, all right, I'm I'm not I'm not appealing. To, uh, you're an expert in everything, so that's so you're lying about no, that. No, we, we, we can bring on other people and they can but talk about that. My thought is like, all right, if I'm gonna try to do something in life, I'm gonna have to practice it. If I need to. Like, all right, so stopping breakaways, there's an art to that to an extent. You can practice by facing a lot of breakaways. Now, how good can you get versus how lucky you are versus what skills do you have, like just being large, or do you have great lateral mobility? Like, those are things, but I don't understand the stopping shots through traffic thing. Like, you either see it or you don't. You either get your hand or I your think leg a lot out. Of it sometimes or you don't. comes
1: down to just being in a in a decent regular position that you can then take up more of the net and not going down early or whatever it is.
0: That does make sense. But um so you would practice that by when you're not sure where anything is, you just be where you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, that that would be my guess of Okay. How how to handle it. But
0: so it's 1-0. Michigan answers 36 seconds later. Pretty good. Rutger McGordy, our, our other friend. He's starting to pop. We'll get into that in a little bit because I have that in this takeaway section. But um, McGordy gets his seventh of the year. This one from Luke Hughes, who does chip in again offensively.
1: Yep. And that's Luke Hughes doing what we've been wanting him to do, which is he's leading a rush. He's moving up on a play. Turns you know a uh, three Michigan forwards coming out in a three on two into sort of a four on two but you have back checkers too it's complicated but nice <laughs> pass across okay and uh, Rucker fires it in and that was a big goal because at that time shots were seven to one Wisconsin Mich- Wisconsin oh. was up one nothing it okay. was six minutes and Michigan was kind of getting bodied a little bit early on and that kind of helped them find their bearings. Um, in that game,
0: well, that, that sounds like a great play from Hughes, like what you said, and it's just good that McRory is getting in on this because we talked about depth scoring, um, and they don't have Naser, so he's really starting to come into his own, and like so that Adam Fantilli doesn't have to average two and a half points a game.
1: Yeah, I mean he's starting to come online, and you can really see the shot, and that's kind of been I think the profile of what. Has been elevating himself. He's finishing more of the chances he gets because he's just snapping them by uh, the goaltender. So uh, good from him. And then after that, it's just sort of a period where there's another penalty parade.
0: So at the end of the first period, there was a five-minute major review, and they end up getting Michigan ends up getting the power play, the the, the five-minute power play, right?
1: Well, so, yes, that's the five-minute major. Before that happened, Marcus Stoppard got a 10-minute game misconduct for an elbowing, which did not turn into a five-minute major. It was a two-minute elbowing with a 10-minute misconduct. So
0: for, like, arguing?
1: I don't know exactly, but Wisconsin—
0: But he's not kicked out of the game.
1: He is kicked out of the game, I believe, right? Or did he? Come? No, he came back to score. I don't know. I was like, I think he scores. But it was, two ser- goals. It, cause they, it was served by Dylan Duke, is what I was remembering about it. It was a, it was a messy situation. Uh, he had what? to leave the ice for ten minutes, uh, <laughs> and then he could come back later. It, it was a mess. That's, well, this
0: sounds like it's the same crew from Friday Night. I
1: would have had to watch the game, you know, a second time with a, a magnifying glass to. To decipher in front of your TV like a sleuth to decipher what was going on there Um, but then and the Michigan they took the first three penalties of the game and Mm -hmm. then it comes back around Lucius took a penalty and then you have the five minute major on Charlie Strammel right at the end of the period which begins the second but then Michigan takes a too many men penalty in the middle so they took
0: one on Friday too that we didn't talk about they take this one they take
1: two in the span of about 13 minutes in that second
0: period so all right maybe this is worth talking about what is this is that a coaching thing?
1: it can be it can also be I mean a lot of times it is individual error that causes it, right It's just one guy not coming off in time or one guy jumping over the board. but if too it early. happens
0: too consistently Correct.
1: that needs to be cleaned up.
0: And, you know, you could see that happening maybe in that Minnesota series when you had like eight, eight or ten forwards that were playing so the, all the lines were jumbled and you didn't have the same guys so you were just on the wrong rotation. That I can understand, but...
1: It, it doesn't surprise me necessarily that it's... This team because didn't they have the issues with this under Mel at different points? There like, was there was it,
0: one time where there was a stretch where they got a few. And
1: like that, I think it can just be sometimes with young teams where that can happen. That's a good point. And that too. but that is something that will need to be ironed out. Now the funny thing about all the penalties in this game is that no one scores a power play goal. There is a shorthanded goal, but there are no power play goals in this game despite just nonstop penalties and. Once the second too many men happened, Michigan had taken six minor penalties. Wisconsin had one and then one major. And that was about in just yeah. over half the game.
0: I don't even, I mean, remember that Lake State game earlier this year where I think Lake yes. State was like 0 for 10 or 1 for one for 9 or something? You're just like, this isn't even hockey. Why don't you just call holding on every play?
1: Well, it was the, it was the NHL in 5 06 when they called all those penalties to try to juice scoring, and then people decided they really didn't
0: like that. Because so. there was no flow to the hockey game, yeah. <laughs> so it's one to one, and then Carson Bantle scored halfway through the second period to give the Badgers the lead. And you're just like, I mean, I remember following following on this, and and you're just like, I mean, they they're gonna they're gonna get swept by the worst team in the league. It's like. Where do, you, well, and that was another, where do you even go that from was there? That's another
1: rush situation where it's sort of a three on one ish with back checkers complicating <sighs> the picture. But, uh, I mean, it's a feed to Bantle right in the slot all alone, you know, walking in. Well, that's and that's and not Just rips it right by him, and then it's 2 1. And, you know, this was kind of, uh, you know, gut check time, you might say. Yeah. Or Daffy Duck might say from Space Jam. But.
0: Maybe Estapa said that because. Uh, Three minutes later, he tallied his third goal of the year to tie the game.
1: And that was, again, that was another big just sort of turning point moment. It was a three-on-two of sorts where Hallam goes down low, and Estapo made a nice little move and tucked it in. It was 2-2, and it was 2-2 two, 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 two at the end of the second period, and it finally felt like, okay, you know, we, we've steadied the ship again, which, you know, each of those goals kind of put an end to a period of the game where things were really rocky. And then you go into that third, and it's kind of like, well— if you can grind out another goal here and, and get the game to the finish line, then that's, you know, salvaging.
0: So maybe to get another goal, they needed to take a penalty first.
1: Uh, yep, basically. And, you know, a stop is the one who ends up getting it. And this is just a, a goofy play <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. in general. And I, I actually, <laughs> I was not watching the play when it happened. I looked down. And my dad was watching the play as it was happening, and so I, you know, the Wisconsin guy goes back behind the net to set back up and restart the the you know the entry for the power play, and I'm like, yeah, I look down on the phone for 15 seconds before something happens again, and then I'm just here like, whoa! And is that is that what your dad yeah, does when like, someone scores? Oh, look scars? at that! And then I'm like, Wait, what just happens? So then I had to rewind and uh, get a look at this, but basically, guy behind the net. Uh, goes around and while well, puts a little pressure on him. He turns it over right to a stop in front of that, and he puts it in.
0: <laughs> a shorthanded. Yep. Yeah. So yep. they get the – and it's a stop as well, I think, fourth goal of the year. And then. that's
1: the benefit if you're going to do an aggressive you know, penalty kill, right? Because yeah. you've got two shorthanded players deep in the offensive zone. Right. I mean, it's again, it's kind of the full court trap in basketball where if if Wisconsin breaks through clean there, then they're five on two going into the offensive zone. So uh, they put some pressure on and and they got the turnover and, and got it. And then the 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 empty net goal was another goofy one where it was a clear attempt that went off the referee. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Truscott that uh, it was it
0: Ru- just... Rutger had it. They gave well, they no, gave no,
1: no. It was it was T.J. Hughes. So he's clearing it, and his clear it's right off a draw. He he has it, and he tries to chip it off the boards and down, and it goes off the boards, off the referee, and then right to Rutger, who is in the neutral zone, and then he takes the like three quarters of the length, you know, shot shot in, and the, the Badgers were furious
0: because uh, the
1: referee was in the way. <laughs>
0: Poor Badgers. So, So, Rutger gets two, Estapa gets two, the top line gets nothing, and Michigan still manages to eke out a win on the road after not a great start. They have to come back twice, and now they steal three points, I guess. It feels like a steal.
1: It felt like they salvaged the weekend. Uh, They were the better team in that Saturday game, but... But, um, it took a lot of.
0: Well, shots were thirty-one or thirty-seven, twenty-one Michigan. Corsi was fifty-six, forty-five Michigan. So they seem to have the puck more. They seem to ha- have more shots. Um, Wisconsin was zero for six on the power play. Michigan was zero for four. Jeez. I would say that it. <laughs> what took, a game! It
1: took quite a bit of grit to, to dig that game out, right?
0: So the three takeaways I wrote down is, and this is sort of what it feels like. We talked about this a little bit on Friday and it kind of bore out because they played a little better on Saturday, but Michigan is young, yep. like like really, really young. And it feels a little bit like a couple years ago because they had all those freshman high draft picks a year two years ago and they'd play like one really good game on a Friday night and you'd be like, this team is a top five team. Yep. And then the next night, You would see flashes of it, but they'd get a guy in a weird position or Portillo would be facing the wrong direction or, you know, they just wouldn't back check or something and they'd end up losing a game to a team that they're probably better than, but they're not as experienced or as old as. And that's a little bit what uh, the conclusion that I'm coming to with this team is. They're just not consistent enough. They're good, but... They're not good enough to overcome their inconsistencies and they're not old enough to sort of overcome their inconsistencies because their inconsistencies are too built into a lot of their mistakes.
1: There are some things that uh, need to be cleaned up and improved on as the season goes along, but this is the very kind of team that you would expect to get better as the year goes along.
0: Yes, and part of it, we've talked about, there is some effort level that can be raised at times, and then there's just, it feels like, I was trying to describe my thoughts to somebody we were talking about the series, you know, I think it was Sunday, and I was like, it feels like, I don't think they're always really bad at something, but it's like, it, let's say there are 20 possessions for the opponents in Michigan zone, and like, 16 or 17 of them are usually pretty good. Or good enough. But then those last three or four, two or three, whatever they are, are really bad. Like not, well, that could be better. No, it's like, I forgot to take my stick on the ice type stuff. So they end up giving a goal on those possessions. But if you look at the defense and you try to rate it overall, or the penalty kill overall, it's not always really bad, but there are just some... possessions or instances that just stand out that are just horrendous
1: it feels like there are elements that are that are there but it's not all like i think the the best comp might be like it's like a 10 game stretch in baseball right and like over this stretch One starter's really hot. Another one's really cold. The closer is bad over this period, but the setup guy's really good. And then the six hitter's on fire, but the three hitter is bad. Like, it's just, it it just feels kind of like whack-a-mole, right? Where the, what the culprit is on a given night is somebody else. And then, you know, like, oh, on this night we got, this was good. Like, there's a period where we couldn't score. Now we can score, but we can't defend. Oh, we were giving up too many odd man rushes. Now we're not giving up odd man rushes. But But then our penalty kill went to hell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Or you get the reversion to the mean game in the middle of yeah. that, in the middle of a poor effort game. I mean, like that's the kind of stuff, and and that that's typical with a young team, I think, and that's that's just where we're at. And I it feels like the Big Ten is probably gone at this point. Second place is gonna be, I think, a challenge. I I, I mean, they're only ten points back, and they have two games in hand on Penn State. So I mean, you know, you sweep Michigan State this weekend, or you sweep. Penn State, and all of a sudden that gap closes tremendously. I, I think that, But they haven't really been able to sweep anyone. So
1: I think what's, you know, we have to sit here and say, okay, what's the goal of the season? Because the end of the year saying this team is as talented as anyone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. However, I think that, you know, what we've seen, and, and I think it's been instilled in us a little bit, is that, yes, there were probably more growing pains than... We'd hoped. We'd hoped. But you do think about it, and you say, yes, Bill McColt was retained, and... The video guy was retained, but the – right, wasn't he? I don't think so. He wasn't? Okay. Whoever else.
0: One of the guys was.
1: Was the strength guy retained? My point being there are other people that are still there. Yes. But the crucial people, assistant coaches besides McColl and the coach himself, as well as a lot of the roster, because especially now we have Druskinis in the lineup and Luca Fantilli in the lineup, who we really didn't think were going to be in the lineup – so now you're looking at how many of the 18 skaters on a given night are new, and it's like 11.
0: 60, 70 <laughs> percent, yeah.
1: And so it, it is kind of like, in some ways, uh, remember how everyone thought like LSU was really bad at the start of the year when they lost to Florida State? Yeah. And then by the end of the year, like, oh, they're pretty decent. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what this team is, because that team was similar. You had all these new players, new coach, blah, 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 and then it sort of starts to come together.
0: Well, in the last two years, they've had Van Wy, Moyle, and um, like Pastiov and those kinds of guys that Blankenberg, who have just been these like older veterans who'd been playing for a few years, that even when you're young guns or things were being shuffled around, you had these sort of old reliables. And not all of those were A-plus players, but they were like high baseline players. And Michigan doesn't really have that. Like their 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 depth now is just the same age as their stars.
1: So you're this was the lineup on Saturday night. Triscott, Hughes, Edwards, Casey, Fantillia, Driskinus, Karenin on defense. Yeah. Karenin being the seventh kind of irrelevant. So right. Fantilly, Driskinus, Casey are all first year players. Right. Uh Edwards is the second year player, Hughes, second year player, and then Triscott. As a third-year player. Yep. So you've got one upperclassman yep. there, but a little more production because Hughes and Edwards were good last year. right? Forwards. Duke, Fantilli, Samuskevich, Estapa, Draper, Granowitz, Hallam, McGrory, Moyle, LaPointe, Brinley, Hughes. So Brinley, Hughes, Hallam, Draper, Fantilli. That's five freshmen. And then you have Estapa, who had like
0: – He's a sophomore. A year and a half.
1: A, a few – points last year yeah LePoint a few points in his career
0: didn't even play half a year
1: <laughs> uh you know granowitz has been here and, in and out for two here years there i mean this is basically an all-new team in a lot of ways yep i mean you look at the forwards the only two guys who are multi-year contributors you know are back for another year of being a key player are sam Eskevich and duke and the same thing on defense, really, in kind of that top three, maybe, and even Edwards didn't come on until late last year. I mean, and the thing is, when you look at that sort of team, what would they have needed to be better at this point in time? Probably the goalie not having a nine zero two.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, he's had some games that you didn't that we didn't like.
1: It's not all on him, but if you had gone back in time to the preseason, what we yep. were thinking, and said. If this team is below expectations at Christmas, what's going to happen? Well, as it always does in the NHL, what team exceeds expectations the most a lot of times? Team that gets the, the, best, the goals, best goal. goal and the yeah. team that's the biggest disappointment is often the team with the worst goal. And time. I
0: think what what we had sort of talked about is that Michigan is should have had not as many defensive issues because they returned a number of players and they were only really going to add one or two pieces to their defensive lineup and they were going to bring back their goalie. So we weren't sure as to where the scoring would come from. Turns out it's coming from many places that's really good. But we overestimated how good their defense consistently would be. And, you know, specifically even Hughes and Truscott, who I think in the defensive end have been probably averaged below average.
1: Yeah, Hughes has not played a great season and then uh Keaton Person hasn't been in the lineup some of the time. Steve Holtz has been in and out and now we're leaning on younger Probably players. out. Yes.
0: So you're getting you're getting a lot more youth than we anticipated. But and when, but the experience and it, wasn't really holding up their end.
1: And when I wrote the preseason uh previews, we didn't know what was going on with Nazer. Right. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yep. and uh, But
0: the truth is, is going into the last week against state, they're 11-6-1, and, and that's probably better than even they were two years ago when they were really, really young, especially nationally speaking. In the Big Ten, yeah, they're probably going to finish third or fourth at best. But nationally, they're, only, they're 12th in pairwise, and if they get hot at all, you can see that jumping up, and I think I don't think I don't know that a one seed's on the table. No, you but could, it, you but could it probably two
1: get to the seven eight territory.
0: Um, yeah, at least I mean it's only five spots.
1: Wasn't well, that where they were in two years ago?
0: Yeah, they were they were a two seed with North Dakota as the one in it was Fargo one
1: overall. So they were eight that year. Something like that seed rank. So that would be the same thing we're kind of talking about and the thing is again the Big Ten is so good that number one you have cushioned to lose games in conference and not take major pairwise hits and number two if you win in conference then you I mean right now and again we're not too big on pairwise right now but we're getting closer to the point at which we but it's a be. benchmark we're getting closer to when it matters and uh, right now Michigan Ohio State Michigan State Penn State and Minnesota five of the top 12 are in the Big Ten and Notre Dame is is at 17 on the wrong side of the cut line, but in the conversation.
0: And that's almost everyone in the conference.
1: Except for one.
0: Yeah. What a weekend. I can't believe I'm doing this. If you find yourself in the penalty box, you want a Michigan man arguing your case, call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor. Jonathan Paul tonight. It's 248
1: at 924-9458 or visit his old website at
0: MichiganLograd.com. Alex, you're a reunion fellow. You like to stay in touch with a bunch of people from your past and get together and have dinners and do different things from people that you've done things with throughout your life. So let's channel the inner you and check in with all of our old friends. First, being, well, I was disappointed that Lindenwood didn't play because I think that's the second week in a row we wanted to check in on them and they didn't play. They, I find them to be sort of fascinating this year and checking in and seeing how many wins they get uh, has been a fun thing we do every week. But hard to do that when you don't play. BU, Michigan's, what, second opponent this year, played New Hampshire, they won 6 to 3 and 30 uh my takeaway is that new hampshire is not very good but part of that is because when i was doing the research for harvard they were about 36th in pairwise. aren't they
1: like the the cats
0: the wild cats wild
1: cats yeah i was trying to come up with that the
0: cat they're not they weren't like the feral cats <laughs> or the house cats uh, or the Pussycat Dolls.
1: Well, I was trying to remember if they were the Fisher Cats, but that's a baseball the team. Fisher Cats. Oh, that's like a Fisher minor league team. team. Yeah, that's a baseball team.
0: Yeah, no, they're the Wildcats. Anyway, I think they're like blue and silver. Michigan played them. We played them a couple yeah, times. A few years ago. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I mean, there's not much to say about that.
0: No, but BU, the team. They, I mean, that's Michigan's biggest benchmark win, right? I mean, probably. Uh,
1: yeah, probably. I mean BU is seventh in Pairwise. I mean, yeah Penn State is fifth, so
0: Okay. I mean they I guess they kinda won that game, but um So BU sweeps New Hampshire, uh yeah. Uh Western Michigan swept at Omaha seven to six and three to one. That's <laughs> kind of oof, isn't it? Seven to six. <laughs>
1: did you see that?
0: <laughs> they did they missed their extra just, point.
1: Just to bring this up, did you see that Kraken Kings game last week?
0: Uh, I, I, no. I think it was 10 to 9. Oh, the, the 9 score. to, oh, yeah. 9 to
1: 8. One of the, Well, there was 7 to 6 last night in, uh, the Habs-Canucks game. <laughs> Quinn Hughes scored an own goal and then scored a goal to make it right. It was, That's, that game was insane, it's but the, anyway. the
0: Quinn Hughes experience.
1: Scoring is way up in the, in the league right now. That's and, good, right? Uh, overall, yeah. Okay and i guess uh, western uh, was participating in the college version well, at least, of that this week at least the
0: first game <laughs> at least the 7 first to game. 6 uh, Yeah. i don't i don't have anything to say is omaha do they have anything this year
1: let me look at their numbers they're 8 6 and 2 i mean they've been a team that's you know no, that's, that's always dabbling around the cut line but rarely making the dabbling cut.
0: dabbling is good
1: um i mean they split with denver the week before they split with duluth took more
0: points so maybe they're not too bad no i think
1: they're a decent team Y- they y- beat Long Island unlike somebody.
0: <laughs> well played, sir. Yeah, I I don't have any t- takeaways from that. Um I mean, it's probably better to to not get swept though.
1: Harvard lost to Colgate.
0: Yeah, so that's the next part. Harvard beats Cornell 2 to 1 Classic-y and then they lose to kind of a tooth a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> Six to four. Six to four. Here we go again.
1: That might be more goals ever, most goals ever scored in an ECAC the They
0: <laughs> set records.
2: <laughs> I Colgate
1: bet. is four, six, and one on the year, but they're six and two in ECAC play. That might not mean anything if they've played only the Ivies besides Harvard.
0: Um, yeah.
1: Harvard was up three to one in that game, and then things took a turn for the worse.
0: Wow, that is pretty. That's a big collapse. Five, five goals to Colgate. Hmm. Um, so I replaced Lindenwood with Lake State. That went bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were swept at home by Bowling Green 7 to 4 and 5 to 1. I
1: think Lake State might be worse than Lindenwood.
0: They're really bad.
1: They are 1-11 and 2.
0: Did Michigan play a tight game with them? No, I think they not did. Really. One of them was, no, it was right? 5
1: to 1 and 5 to
0: 2. Okay, but it was like 3 to 2 at one point. Or four to two at one point. It was like yeah. four to two. But okay. if you were watching that game you weren't you were, nervous. You weren't nervous, no. Um so it th- we just went through all of Michigan's non cons and uh it's not great.
1: No, I mean I think you look at the pairwise numbers, Harvard is right on the cut line. We'll see.
0: I mean this weekend.
1: Oh, sure. Was not no, kind to
0: uh not necessarily, to Michigan's but I think non-con this was still a, a
1: strong non conference schedule overall.
0: No, 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 I think that they, they did that right. But for this particular week, and usually we check in, we're like, wow, well, Western stampeded somebody and BU pummeled somebody. But this week, I guess BU held up their end of the bargain against not very good New Hampshire. But
1: Well, I think one more thing to point out as we move into the Big Ten portion of the show is the problems that Michigan has had might seem worse because the Big Ten is a lot better than we expect. And we've, oh. we've kind of seen this in some ways where Michigan plays Harvard and, like, they're definitely better than them both nights. And right. Harvard is probably one of the best ECAC teams. And so a Michigan team that can struggle in week in and week out against the Big Ten can go outside the conference and beat one of the better teams in that given league.
0: So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that first Harvard game was very... Um, emblematic of Michigan's season.
1: Well, yeah, because you have the goalie weirdness in that game. But
0: n- n- not even just why it happened, but they get into a hole because of any number of reasons. Bad clears, poor goaltending, giving up good chances, all that kind of stuff. And then they just turn it on and you're like, hey, we're the best team in the country and we can score goals when we feel like it, and then they do. And so you have this dichotomy between... uh whatever that mess on the floor is. And then this really well-oiled machine. And that's kind of like what we described at the end of the, se- of the first segment was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Jekyll and Hyde, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Heckle. All right. Um, so that's the non-conference summary. There were two series in the big 10. Yeah. Cause Michigan was the third one. And can't believe no, you didn't bring didn't
1: up Alaska Anchorage against Simon Frazier.
0: I don't even know who he is.
1: That's a CIS school. That was their exhibition. Also, like
0: College Hockey News still has the Friday game is not yet being played. It's that <laughs> late in the night that it was not played. Who won those games?
1: Uh, Alaska Anchorage won the second game for nothing. Like, I don't know did they cancel the first game? But... I don't know,
0: but it says Simon Fraser at Alaska Anchorage seven oh seven Alaska time on Friday. So apparently, College Hockey News was not that interested either um the first game we'll go to uh was kind of a big deal um you know penn state ohio state split i wasn't
1: sure which game you were talking about because both of these were kind of interesting
0: so i i was actually going to go to minnesota michigan state but then i realized (laughs) that we should end with that because we'll transition into the michigan state preview so penn state ohio state split it's 2-1 2-1 Penn State in the first game. It's a pretty tight game. Dowd gets the winner with about five minutes to go in the third. Um, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I think I'm rooting for Ohio State because I want Michigan to... I, I, I think my my guess, I mean, we haven't seen him play a whole lot, but my guess is that Ohio State is probably not as good. So... Getting points off of a better team helps Michigan finish higher. Also, Michigan has more games left against Ohio State, and I think that they are the worst team.
1: Yeah, I would say Ohio State's worse than Penn State at this point in time.
0: But Penn State pulls out a tight one on Friday. On Saturday, it's another pretty tight, close game. Penn State does outshoot Ohio State 40-24. to doesn't mean much of anything. They still lose. Um, Sulier lets in four on 20 shots, not ideal. Not
1: ideal. It's a weird game. There are five goals in the first period, and then one in the second, and one in the third. Uh, the game kind of mellowed out after that. Penn State led 1-0, and then Ohio State kind of seized control back. Uh,
0: it seemed like an even series. So maybe I'm wrong in that assertion, but it seems like maybe these teams are...
1: I mean, Penn State, Similar. you know, they, they didn't play anybody in the non-conference, right? Whereas, so it's kind of hard to know what they are outside of, of the Big Ten.
0: Ohio State played Long Island. But you already told that joke. So, um, again, it feels like the takeaway is still wait and see. Like, you're waiting for a conclusion between this, and you kind we kind of didn't get one, right? I mean... I guess props to Ohio State because this series was in Hockey Valley, so getting a split with an even team on the road, probably better. Not bad. Yeah. The other series, Minnesota-Michigan State. This was an interesting one because not only is Michigan going to play Michigan State next week, so you get sort of a preview because Michigan and Minnesota, stylistically, talent-wise, relatively the same. Um, but also, this is like Michigan State has been a lot better this year they have looked like a coherent hockey team for the first time in i don't know since you were in middle school maybe and
1: i'm gonna make a comp for this game
0: this is okay
1: this was for msu hockey what the you remember the northwestern at michigan game in football in 2015 where oh michigan is yes like we're back we're yeah. on a roll we're shutting some teams out. We're winning games. Yeah, they, they'd shut out two teams yep, in a row. we're feeling confident. We're back in the top 25. Northwestern was in the top 25. They're coming to Ann Arbor for a 3.30 afternoon game. And it was like, here we go. And the outcomes were very different of these two games. But this sort of feel of, like, a game actually matters again yeah. was the same. Because, like, MSU, Mel Tucker was there. Like, they really filled the crowd for the first time. And I'm like, <laughs> In some time with, you know, celebrities and people in Lansing. And celebrities? So, like Are there Mel Michigan Tuck, State like Mel, celebrities? Like Mel Tucker. Uh, He's a celebrity? So the point being, this is a school that no one has cared about hockey whatsoever for years and years and yep. years. And this was the first series that really felt like it meant something. So, so everyone was all hyped up. They were all there. They were all fired they'd up and ready to go.
0: played everyone else or most everyone else in the Big Ten in the first few weeks yep. and had done well. Yep. But the true test is Minnesota and then, you know, I don't know, I guess Michigan too this year, maybe not in the Big Ten, but both those teams are like, okay, how good are we? And it turns out maybe they're not quite back yet.
1: <laughs> well, they might not. They just might not be um, Minnesota level right now.
0: Well, they it w- Friday night was 5-0, and the game was over kind of quickly, second period I would say. It got to 3 4 nothing shots, Corsi goals all favored Minnesota in game 1. Um, game 2 was 6 to 3. Now I was walking around the concourse at Lucas Oil and I saw they had this game on and I was like, "Why don't you have the Michigan Wisconsin game on? Why am I watching well, Minnesota you get it Michigan there. State?" You don't know what kind of packages Lucas Oil they has don't with have their Valley cable
1: sports Detroit Lucas Oil. Do they Stadium. have
0: Bally Sports Wisconsin?
1: I would doubt it.
0: So it was on Big Ten Network and I think I saw a Minnesota goal, and it was like they went up three or four to nothing. And you know what my first thought was? Oh, they're replaying the Friday night game. So it's four nothing, I think. And that's when Michigan State starts getting their goals. And they get three goals, I think. And it's... Well,
1: they get two, then Minnesota puts two more on, and then right. they get another one. So at it's
0: the never end. really that close. It's sort of the second Michigan Minnesota game where Michigan is like, "Ooh, we outscored them at even strength," well, but every this... single goal came when they were down by three well, goals. Well,
1: okay, but like Michigan was playing well in that game, like before they fell down, and sure. I thought they were the. Better team for large stretches. I didn't watch this game, so I can't say what the situation really was. But when you fall down 4 nothing for two periods, and you don't score until there's 42 minutes into the game, when that's
0: kind of different. When you lose 5 nothing and follow that up, falling down 4 nothing, yeah. where the goals combined in, in four or five periods are 9-0, it's probably not a close series.
1: Not great.
0: Yeah. So um, – but the one takeaway from this game, this is a takeaway. This says, okay, Michigan State, maybe not quite to back to that level yet. But the other takeaway from this game is that there were zero penalties called in 120 minutes of hockey. Zero penalties. There were 10 power plays called in game two of Michigan, Minnesota. And I don't know how many were called in on, on Friday, but at least plural for each team. How do you go a series and not have a penalty call?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I need great, a better explanation
0: the, from you. One
1: of the great mysteries of all time. That,
0: this is, I mean, we don't need to get back on the ref stuff. Maybe we do. But, like, uh, is this the same sport? Like, what? I...
1: If there's not enough <laughs> direction being given from the top, you can have crews that are very, very different. This I think just that's... Fused. One of the issues that they have
0: to not call up Hedley? Were they even there? Did both teams just have their like coaching staff like moderating what was happening, and had- there were no there was no one dropping the puck. Did they yeah. shoot the puck out of the bottom of the ice like in bubble hockey?
1: <laughs> they had to have replacement referees, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> when the NHL brought them in and the. Playoff game what was in the 80s. what was
0: the joke? You and I watched the U.S. Wales game together, right? And there were like all these fouls on U.S. players, but the guy wouldn't show a card. So like we just thought he didn't bring his cards. <laughs> I mean, that's what this feels like. Like I didn't see a lot. We watched some of the Friday game a little, but we had it on. But to not like this—it's not—it's not the same thing. It just feels fake. Like that's not real, or one of them isn't real. Maybe well, hey, maybe Michigan was in the fake game that had phantom calls. I don't know. I just can't go from watching 10 or 12 calls in a game to not seeing a call in an entire series. It just doesn't seem like it's remotely on the same planet, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just wound up today. So Minnesota gets a sweep. Uh, Michigan somehow gains three points on Michigan State. But um, So we can go through the standings, adjusted standings. Minnesota has is 2.4 points per game. Uh, really good. Penn State's at one point nine, not bad. Michigan State one point seven, OSU one point five, and then Michigan and Notre Dame each are at one point one three. So I, you know, but Michigan still has four games in hand on Michigan State and Ohio State. So, or not four games in hand, four games against, plus two games in hand, um, on each of so the four teams above them.
1: The other thing that needs to be brought up here, okay, is that. Uh, After they play the Friday night game, uh, they Mm. will have played uh, seven games in conference on the road and two at home. Yes. And the two at home...
0: Were played against a virus. (laughs) Correct.
1: So that's another storyline that just has to be filed away.
0: Well, the whole... Yeah. This whole season has been one um, non-repeatable event after another
1: you know you you go you look at the second half of the season you have the at minnesota series but you get ohio state for uh two home games and then penn state two home games wisconsin two home games you have the home and home with msu you have a home uh in a and then a neutral site ish at against the brown ohio stadium. state at the brown stadium and then you get home against notre dame i mean that's a very favorable second half outside of the series at Mariucci, and even there, I mean
0: Michigan's actually yeah, done they better don't have at Mariucci yeah, they against don't have a lot of issues there, which so. they did forever until the last like few years. now they win there,
1: yeah, I mean it's like the the second half is just very very, very favorable in that
0: way that is true,
1: and so it sets up well if they can get things to together and start banking some more wins and
0: and that's sort of the thing is like this team has I think the pieces especially if like they get Nazar back at some point. They have the players to do it. They it's not the are they capable? It's can they be consistent enough? And I mean we'll I mean we'll find out. I I, I hope so. I I'm not holding my breath because I think that the Big 10 is not the Big 10 from last year and they're just going to drop points because other teams are not all pushovers. Even yep. Wisconsin yep. was not I mean I was surprised at how well they played Michigan. Now, I think some of that was Michigan Goofing around and There's. Wisconsin getting a little lucky, but it was still not like, you know, like last year when they went to Madison. They they hung around for a period and then Michigan just poured in goals, and that did not happen.
1: Nope.
0: All right, we should get to the Michigan State preview a little bit here. Uh, they are 11, six and one, five four and one in conference, ninth in pairwise, which has to be one of their highest rankings in pairwise when Michigan's played them in, God knows how long. Long time. 19th and Corsi, which is another step up because that's the other thing. No, we, they're
1: playing definitely a very different style than they used to.
0: It's not six goalies nope. and four defensemen. Um, And then, like, their other numbers look all right. Like, they're 20% of the power play. Like, it's not great, but it's not bad. And 85% of the penalty kill, it's better than Michigan. I think Michigan's around 81 or 82%. So their special teams are good, I think. Yeah. Um, Drafted players, they have three seventh-rounders, I found, on College Hockey News. Two of those, I think, are the Kriegers. Yes. So, I don't know about that. And they only have three skaters that are scoring above .75 points per game. The interesting thing to me about that is, like, when I look through— and I didn't take all these notes because I don't think they're overly relevant, but when you look through all of their games and you're trying to figure out, are there any takeaways, things we can talk about from, you know, this series— they've had, like, I think three or four different guys get hat-tricks. So, like, they don't have one or two goal scorers. They have three or four goal scorers, five maybe, but they're all scoring in the same game. So I think that Michigan, if, if Michigan State scores, they need to find that guy that just scored and, like, put an extra player on him so that he doesn't get, like, three in the game. Is that a viable defense? <laughs>
1: What I'll say about this team is it's an ensemble scoring wise. Yeah. You have seven goals from Carson Dorwart.
0: Who had a hat trick.
1: Daniel Russell was six. Jagger Joshua was six. Miroslav Mucha with five. Jeremy hat-trick. Davidson with five. Tanner Kelly with four. Jesse Tucker with four. One of the Kriegers with four. Oh, Middendorf was at five too. Like it's a very varied group of uh, point producers right now. Yeah. Um,
0: but no one is, like, blowing the doors off nope. in terms of, nope. in terms of like, like, they had, what, the KHL line yeah, and then yeah, nothing. No, they're they're not as yeah, – They don't stuff. have
1: – It seems like a deeper lineup. They're, it's like
0: this guy's like, well, I'll pop today.
1: They're playing more offensively based. They're taking more shots. They're trying to control play more. And they're getting, I think, pretty good goaltending. So that's – Because you look at Dylan St. Sears' career numbers. So he was – when he was the one A at Notre Dame, he was nine twenty one. Oh, that's good. Last year he's one B at Quinnipiac. He's nine thirty six, which really good. Those are pretty run of the mill, generic numbers for those two schools. Because, Quinnipiac oh, always because of the has they a nine forty goalie, yeah. and Notre Dame's goalies are always in the nine twenty five to nine twenty range at least. Um, so that you know, and this year he's got nine twenty four, so he's yes. he's got better save percentage. Uh, at MSU, than he did at Notre Dame. And, you know, given the way MSU is playing more offensively, I doubt he's getting the degree of systems help that he was getting at Notre Dame.
0: Now, he got torched last weekend. Right. Now, but that...
1: before that, he, he was even higher in some yeah. of these numbers. So,
0: 924, you said, 253, two, GAA. And it. the thing is, Michigan's seen him, right? Like, they beat him at Notre Dame. They saw him at Quinnipiac last year. He's never, we, we've watched him play a number of times. He's fine, but. I've never been. He's limited, right? Because he's like five six.
1: He's five eight, as he's listed um, with skates, probably. Which has, you know, again some some limitations. But the interesting thing with him is you kind of have to drill a little deeper and look at it. You know, kind of who the opponents have been and how they've played against different opponents. Because in the Big Ten games. <laughs> Uh, A shutout and one goal against Wisconsin. Then you look at the other opponents. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Minnesota. These are the goals given up in those games. 5-1, 2-3, 4-3, 5-6.
0: So he's given up three or four goals in most games. Correct.
1: Uh, Whereas you know bowling green two goals one goal long island one goal wisconsin zero goals one goal miami zero goals three goals yeah so there's definitely been a bit of a disparity against the quality of opponent uh from the goaltending aspect but i would expect this to be a higher scoring weekend just given the way msu seems to be playing
0: yeah and michigan will definitely play that way if you want to i think Michigan always seems to struggle in East Lansing, at least in recent years. They, it doesn't mean that they don't – they didn't ever win there because they have. But remember, like, they blew that game, what was it, two years ago on, like, a Karen giveaway at the end, and, like, yep. they just kind of gaffed yep. that. And then last year they get out to a 3-0 lead, and then they give up a couple goals and have to hang on at the very end. And, I mean, like, that's just kind of typical of what happens when Michigan goes to state. So – I, my guess is, I mean, I'm not, you know, we don't do the Brian predictions things, but my guess is that Michigan probably gets a split. That's what they've done more or less. Now, maybe they steal a point and they get one to overtime, but I would guess that they probably do not win in East Lansing and then everybody gets fired up and comes back and maybe they beat them at Yost. It's not a bad guess. (laughs) It's, it's pretty on, on point for the year, I would say. Have you, do you have any other Michigan state or this weekend takes?
1: Not really. It, it is the end of the first half, so you want to close strong, but then they'll get a chance to reevaluate uh, what happens after that. Uh, the one thing I did want to bring up, I have to pull this up real quick, but we got the World Junior Camp updates well, this week.
0: While you're pulling that up, let's just announce I believe both of these games are 630 and on BTN. So Pretty if nice. you have old man cable like you and I do, then you can watch it very easily.
1: Uh, Gavin Brindley, Dylan Duke, Rector McGordy, Seamus Casey, and Luke Hughes have been named to the World Junior Camp roster.
0: So, will they be available this weekend?
1: I don't think the camp has started yet. Okay. Um,
0: I assume Fantilli's going to Canada. Let me
1: look at the the Canada one. There was a lot of controversy because this does happen where, uh, the Canada camp generally like punishes Canadian players in college hockey, and the U.S. camp punishes U.S. players in the CHL. (laughs) So, like, Sasha Pastijov did not get invited, even though he's, like, one of the best players in the OHL. Absolutely insane not to do that. And it's because he played in the OHL, and he decommitted from Notre Dame. Love, like, just
0: punishing people.
1: I think of that list of the five, I would guess that Brindley probably gets cut. Maybe Duke, I would assume that Rutger, Casey and Hughes will make the cut, and then uh, i'm not I haven't seen the the team Canada list to see who all made it there, but you have to think Fantilli will will be on it, so a few will go um
0: and that would not be this weekend either.
1: I don't believe it's this weekend, Okay. Normally it doesn't um and on the other piece of news, Michigan landed another recruit.
0: Uh, A pool. big name, right?
1: Pretty big name. Michael Hague, Haig. Hague,
0: H-A-G-E. Hage.
1: H-A-G-E. Hague. Um He was one of the top uncommitted guys in the 06 class, uh, playing really, really well. I mean, this is another GTA to Chicago Steel Pipeline type guy. He was with the Toronto Junior Canadians last year and then, you know, is off to the Steel. So same same path as the Fantilles, same path as Owen Power. Um, you know one of the best players in that league and projected to be a pretty high pick in in his draft, which would be 2024. So
0: could he come in next year without like with his like and play in his draft eligible year?
1: uh let me look at his birthday he's in April 06. No,
0: okay. I mean, so he's for two classes down.
1: Yeah, he would have to be like insane to to do that.
0: Okay, I mean, I don't know. I'm just we're you know there, there's a lot of reclassifications that Michigan has, and they always end up having these like 17 year olds. That
1: yeah, those generally are guys like at the at
0: the tail end, right? And like, he's those at the are beginning. Like fall birthdays, he's okay. in April, so that, okay. Yeah, but that's a big get, right? There's
1: another big recruiting win, and I think we can say at this point in time that the recruiting has not seen any real drop off. Yeah, well, there was that little window when they had to make the move, and they lost Augustine to MSU when there was a little like.
0: Argh. So I and was... now
1: that Nerado is is strapped in you know between Moldenauer and and this guy and the other one in the USHL recently I mean it's all just kind of rolling back along
0: so the the Augustine thing is that he just followed his coach like yep. he was coming to Michigan yep. but then when that but when that coach but went if to state I there isn't
1: a I mean it's tough to know exactly uh what is you know what caused it right yeah. but I would think Michigan probably would have had a better job keeping him if they didn't make a coaching change, right? Like that's kind of the little window where you see those kinds of things happen.
0: All right. And are there other guys that they're in on that, that you know about? I don't or know. Like I'm
1: not too up on the, the recruiting. That's a, but those were the two awesome. guys that they uh, hosted on a visit uh, like a month
0: ago. Oh, that's right. You, you, I think you mentioned that to me and they got them both. Got them that's both. a big deal. Yep. Cool. All right, anything else that we need to discuss? I think we'll have one more show next week, obviously, to talk about the State Series, and maybe we can look a little at World Juniors if you you want at that time. I think things will be, what, a little more solidified by that point?
1: Yeah, it should be. We'll we'll get closer and we'll have a better idea by then.
0: All right, anything else? Nope. All right, 6.30 Friday and Saturday, BTN for both.
1: come back next week where we will be counting down our favorite things from 2022 hockey edition